Good morning. The sun is out. All is well. What if this were your last Lent? Each year, for some people, it is their last Lenten season. I could be one of them, and you could be one of them. Now, I don't say that to be morbid, but rather to bring our lives into sharper focus, to look at our priorities. This past Ash Wednesday, just a few days ago, we recall how fleeting our earthly journey is. Perhaps the person administering the ashes to you said, remember, man, ashes you were, and ashes you shall return. Or perhaps that another person administering to you said, repent and believe in the gospel. Those very same words were mentioned in today's gospel by our Lord. The words in today's gospel are the very core of Jesus' mission, repent and believe in the gospel. In our first reading from the Noah section of Genesis, that's sections 6 through 9, describe the great flood. And I do mean the great flood because it totally covered the earth. How many people survived that flood? Anybody? That's right. You were listening to the second reading today from 1 Peter. And it was Noah and his family, eight people. And as a result, mankind was allowed to continue onward. And mankind would eventually reach salvation through water, the water of baptism. And that's emphasized in the second reading today from 1 Peter, which mentions that through baptism, death, and resurrection, God has made us all new. And at the end of the story concerning Noah, we hear about the fact that God enters into a new covenant with Noah and all the creatures of the earth, and that includes us. And to demonstrate that God would never again destroy mankind in this manner, he put his bow into the sky, the rainbow, with all its magnificent colors. And is this not magnificent? We still see it to this day. This isn't our imagination. This isn't a fiction tale. That rainbow is a sign that God will not give up on us. This is a covenant with us. A covenant is a solemn contract between God 
and another person. And those other people are us today. In the Gospel reading, we read about the Spirit leading Jesus into the desert. And he remains there for 40 days. And he's tempted by Satan. And he was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now, the Gospel of Mark doesn't go into all the details of the temptations, but we've heard those before through the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. We know Jesus, in his temptation, fights the wild beast of pride, self-centeredness. That was the same temptation that Satan used in the Garden of Eden with our first parents, and that's pride. That's one of the reasons that our Lord is very sensitive to that point whenever he cured somebody of leprosy or blindness or whatever. He said, don't spread it around. Don't tell anybody. Just go to the priest and make sure that you're cured. He was wanted to be away from terms of fame and adulation because he knew that that's, through that same fame, the Jewish authorities would seek his death and crucifixion. Indeed, we heard the chief priest tell the Sanhedrin, it's better for one man to die than an entire nation perish. And that same temptation is at work with each one of us as well. Money, wealth, fame, greed, all related to pride. And we have that false ego many times. What can we learn from these temptations and how our Lord met them? Let's examine our Lord's actions. In the desert, certainly, and throughout his life, we see where our Lord takes time constantly to be alone, if possible. And this is a great example for us because we need that time alone to be able to pray effectively, to strengthen our lives, particularly during this Lenten season. We must set aside some time to converse, to grow closer to our Lord. That means taking the time to talk to our Lord, to open our hearts to our Lord. We know we're going to be tempted by the evil one. There are thousands of temptations, and one even more deceitful than the next. And we're particularly aware of the temptations of despair and hopelessness. We can see that in the statistics on suicide today. And although we are tempted continuously, 
And although we may have failed in the past and will probably fail in the future, we have no right to give up on ourselves. No matter what mistakes we have made, God is still there willing to help us, to welcome us back, to keep us from falling into the same hole a third or fourth or fifth or a 77th time. And if God refuses to give up on us, what right do we have to give up on ourselves? We know we have the power to withstand some temptations. But we also know that the greatest source of strength is not from us within, but from with God. If God is with us, we are strong. It's the strength we receive from our Lord. No matter what the particular temptation is in life, we can withstand it <clears throat> as long as we face it together. So we have to pray continually. We have to reach out to our Lord, hold his hand. And remember what our Lord said before he ascended to heaven. I will be with you always until the end of time. So he's there with us, walking with us. We have to reach out to him and hold his hand. He's our companion every day, and we have to be sensitive to that. In the gospel today, we hear about the angels ministering to our Lord, and that should cause us to remember that each of us has a guardian angel. That angel knows <clears throat> every aspect of our lives. And let's not forget to pray with our guardian angel. This is Lent, L-E-N-T. Let's eliminate negative thinking. We should ask our angel's help and eliminating negative thinking. Let's remember the words that were given to us on Ash Wednesday. Repent from sin, believe in the gospel, because that gospel is the good news. And that good news, of course, is that is what we're going to hear on Easter. Christ is risen. Christ has defeated death. We are the beneficiaries of that. Lent is a time to prepare for the great day of the resurrection. And then together with our guardian angel, we can proclaim the joy of the risen Jesus. Today we pray during Lent. We pray that we are allowed to work with God so he can work wonders in our life. This should be a time of conversion for us, perhaps our last opportunity to convert. His love for us makes it possible. 
The Lord is with us, especially as we attend this Mass. I mentioned the covenant of God with Noah and with us, with the rainbow. Well, that same word covenant is used in the Mass at the time of consecration. When Father Matthias today in a few minutes will be saying he'll take the chalice and he'll reiterate the words of our Lord. Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then a few minutes after that, after reminding us of that covenant, each of us is going to have the opportunity to receive the Holy Eucharist. And our Lord and God is especially with us during this poignant moment. He is so much with us. It's an irreplaceable gift, a foretaste of heaven itself. We are in communion with God at that moment. That's why we call it Holy Communion. We're drawn to the very light of the Trinity at that time. We have our loving Father and our Lord with us, along with the Holy Spirit guiding us. Let us open our hearts to our Lord today and throughout this Lent. We are part of the covenant people, that solemn contract between God and us. And we know from a contract that there are two parties to that contract. God is there. We have to be and deliver on our side of that contract through our lives, through our actions. Remember the rainbow. God has not given up on us. We have no right to give up on ourselves. Amen? God love you.